All right. There we go. Hello. Hello. And I'm hoping, again, I don't know if I was just saying before we came on here that you, you need a, a whole AV team to keep this all straight. So I'm, I'm hoping audio <laughs> is working the way it should be. I can hear you at least. That's always good. That's good. You can I hear can me. Hear you, so. Perfect. Yep. So I, I guess we're good. Um, first episode of 2024. Took a little bit of a, a hiatus there. Right. Yep. So uh, could we, can we call this season two? Was it, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I don't think the there's any, year. like, I don't think there's any rules, right? Like, I like think we make how, up the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do. Think, uh, it's, it's our show. So we make up the rules. So exactly. season yep. two, episode one, there you go. Mission accomplished. We, <laughs> nobody has to know that we only did four episodes in season one, right? It was the, it was the, uh, it was, I guess they, yeah. I guess they do now if, if anybody's actually listening well, so, now anyway. it's up yeah now it's out there it's not a secret anymore um <laughs> so yeah hey here we go let's um let's pull up oh, actually give me a second here i i didn't get these i was quickly pulling these tabs together and i don't have the yeah. tabs in the order i want so give okay me one second here let's go through it looks like we've got a couple of security items to go through yeah i'm gonna take a look at the stack overflow survey yeah, I'm excited and, about that actually. I think that'd be interesting. It's always interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see what people are, what tech yeah. people are choosing to use. Okay, fingers crossed. This did work earlier. There we go. All right. So, first article that I have is mm -hmm. about RDS extended support for MySQL 5.7. Um, right. I, let's see here. I, I think they started announce they. In this article here, they announced back in September of 2023 that yep. extended support was going to be a thing, and that if you were running, I think it's I think it applies to MySQL and Postgres, or am I getting mixed up? Is it just MySQL? I think that there's a, quite a few versions of RDS uh, runtimes that are affected by They're affected by this. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it, what we've seen is customers with a whole bunch of older MySQL RDS databases, right? That we've been dealing with. For the most part, yeah. yeah. I've seen a couple of Aurora ones I need updated too. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is all coming to a head. Yeah, soon. you've got what, uh, 30 days-ish? 30 days about, yeah. Yeah, or your RDS database is going to cost you more money. Is that essentially what's gonna happen, right? Pretty much. Um, yeah, they're changing the support behavior. You, yeah, you'll get billed more, and uh, they might even, in some cases, forcibly upgrade the uh, minor version, depending on how old or out of date it is. So, so if you're running MySQL one, you're in deep trouble. Let's <laughs> hope you're not running MySQL one. <laughs> I wonder. Obviously, you can't. I doubt you can run that in in Amazon at this point, but I bet you could still run that on your home lab if you really wanted to. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Let me copy this. And uh, let me see here. Again, I'm trying to remember all of the features and functions of this crazy piece of software. Let's put oh, yeah. that into chat so that if somebody wants to, to follow that link. Uh, I know that you've been working hard on this over the last, what, 30 days? Cleaning everything days, up? Yeah, yeah I've yeah. been, uh, I was just working on this with another customer earlier in the week. Um, so yeah, lots of work to do here to avoid some additional costs and support issues, I guess. Um, it's. I think it's well worth your time and, and effort to get this done. Just make sure you you properly back everything up first. Yeah, yeah. step you one, know, take a yeah. snapshot first. You know, actually, let's talk about that a little bit. How, how, how are you approaching this? Because 
actually, let me tell you how I did it. And when I was doing it, I'm like, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. So all I did, super easy, this this particular situation, there was no uh, CloudFormation templates or anything like that. It was a, a MySQL database that they had stood up themselves in their account. So all yep. I did was I created a snapshot of it, yep. annual snapshot so that I had it. And then I literally went into the console and said, change the version. Um, we'll talk about the other thing that I did here in a second and apply immediately. And it, and it did its thing. It took it maybe five-ish minutes, let's say. And it mm-hmm. was up and running. So no harm, no foul. When I thought about it after the fact, I was like, you know, if you had been smart, probably the better way to do it was obviously still take the snapshot yeah leave the original db instance running create a Mm -hmm. new db instance off of the snapshot running Mm -hmm. mysql 8 and then what i could have done it was a really simple just web application that we needed to update so i could have just worked with the the web person the app person on the phone with me and said hey here are the new connection strings that you're going to need uh just make that change in the app and, and check it because then in theory if anything had have gone sideways on us, we could have just simply changed the config and pointed it back to the original instance was that was still there, yeah. right? Yeah, and what you're what you're talking about is basically a it's a blue green deployment, blue right? Blue green, yeah. So if you wanted to be if you had an extra sensitive production application that you want to be doubly sure that it updates properly and you don't cause any outages, then yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, using a blue green deploy if you have multiple AZs on your database. That's the way to go. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're stuck with a maintenance window because updating this this OS could certainly cause a restart. Yeah, we we were kind of doing this a little uh, cowboyish, you know, nothing like uh, just changing oh, yeah. things in prod. So uh, <laughs> the person I was working with said, "We put it in maintenance mode. You can do whatever you want." And I was like, oh. "Okay, so this is the way we'll do it." And uh, in hindsight, as I thought of it after the fact, I'm like, you know, you mm. could have probably done that way that would have maybe been a little safer if something had have gone wrong. We could have flipped it back a little easier but uh yeah you know no harm no foul in the end so uh, i'll really I'll depends count, count my lucky stars application yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah so this is the first one right if you've got uh older databases that uh, will end up in extended support you need to make sure that uh you've got a plan here in the next month-ish number of days to get those updated clock's ticking clock's ticking i guess in theory you don't have to but yeah yeah might need a little bit of an increase but yeah yeah and here's the the second thing and i thought this was timely as well just because uh this is something else we had to take care of uh, they're changing all the certs the the original cert for rds is expiring this this year yeah. right august i think it is that's right yeah oh right for here the 2019. yeah yeah sort of sort of depends on the uh region that you're in uh that'll be affected but uh we also did this we so we went from rds ca 2019 to this guy right here uh, the, the 2048 g1 yeah. g1 which i think is the one yeah. that amazon's still recommending that you use right in most use cases i think yeah it helps you push out your certs to like 2060 the cert authority so yeah it'll be this will be you won't have to modify this for a while so 2060 uh let's do the math uh 50 or no wait 36 years yeah you get a little bit of a yeah you got a little bit a of a window window there <laughs> If I'm still doing this in 36 years, I'll be a really old (laughs) dude by then. This beard will be severely more gray than it is right now. Um, And I, yeah, I could, yeah. 
that would be impressive. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know if I want to do this in 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Other, uh, other things that I want to do. <laughs> you're retired yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe somewhere warmer, even though it's not really cold where we are right now, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's not too bad. No, this uh, week, thankfully. Yeah. It should be colder than it probably is. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah this, this is actually a, a, well, well, I shouldn't, I don't want to say it's easy. Obviously there's, there's work you need to do. Uh, on the client side, right? You would obviously want to make yeah. sure you've got the certs downloaded on the clients and all of that stuff ready to go because when you change this cert, it could affect the clients that are making those connections to your database, right? It could, yeah. yeah. So if your client is set up to use uh, authentication using the RDS certs, then this is definitely something you'll want to take into account when you're updating yeah. the authority on your RDS instances. You might lose connectivity, so make sure you test afterwards. Yeah, and this is this is another thing we did yesterday when we made that change on the uh, the MySQL version. Did that change? Yeah. Verified everything's good. Brought the app out of maintenance mode. Had a couple testers. Yeah, everything looks good. Put it back into maintenance mode for a moment, and we went back to the console and just changed this. Good old click ops for the win, right? It it did the trick, <laughs> and uh, yep. we got the work done. And then the the app team verified it again. So again. Uh, it went smoothly yeah it's a quick and easy change if everything goes right yeah and i know good. you've been doing a lot of these too recently haven't you yeah i've been doing it in tandem with the uh the version upgrades version for upgrades MySQL. yeah 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 so lots so. of lots of um could you I, I would consider this sysadmin work still good old sysadmin yeah. work never really goes away right pretty much yeah 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 so there's that one um let me throw this if uh if uh you're you're getting hounded by AWS. I know I've been getting a lot of emails for a bunch of different <laughs> things right now that uh, yeah. all need a little bit of care and feeding. So I would suspect as we get closer and closer to these dates, if you're not making those changes in your environment, AWS will continue to uh, nicely remind you that you should. Right? You might get a few gentle nudges from the health console. Y yeah. Yeah, In increasingly <laughs> or less gentle as it gets closer to the, uh, yeah. hey, just do this is, is what it'll eventually <laughs> come down to, right? Pretty much. Yeah, so that's good. Um, the next thing that was on my list is transit gateway flow logs. I know this has been mm. around for a while, but what uh, caught my eye here was right here. Let me, um, let me zoom in a little bit. Right here in the first sentence which we didn't talk about because we were on our, oh, hey, Kevin, uh, we were on our break. Let's call it a break, right? Over the holidays. Canada, uh, US, what are, US, what are we calling this? Is it, <laughs> is it, I don't even know what the short form for it is. CA yeah, West 1? It's the Calgary region, yeah, yeah, I guess so. West one. Let's go West one. We'll just make it up. We're naming regions from now on. That's, that's our new thing. <laughs> we make the rules and we name the yeah, regions. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this obviously is a, is a big deal for, for customers in Canada. So now you can keep, if you needed a multi-region deployment, you can keep all of your data in Canada replicated across multiple Canadian based regions, which is great. So that's what caught me yep. my eye on this article is just, I didn't even realize, to be honest, that it wasn't available in the, the Calgary region when this came out. But transit flow logs, transit gateway flow logs are, I would say, just as important as VPC flow logs. Yeah, it's kind of a bigger cashman 
area, right? So depending on how your network's set up, you can pipe, you can capture all of the traffic to all your very spread out VPCs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you get a wider and, net. Yeah, and I was thinking like here, this little statement about uh, giving us visibility for traffic flowing across regions on the transit gateway peering, direct connect, site to site VPNs, all of these things, you can build some pretty complex networks, right? With the gateway yeah. sort of acting as the hub in that hub and spoke environment. And I know from our experience, the larger those, what I'll call transit gateway networks get, the more challenging sometimes it can be to troubleshoot when traffic isn't getting somewhere. So being able to yeah. turn this on, it's existed for a long time as far like the flow logs for, I shouldn't call them, I guess they're flow logs, right? The flow yeah, logs for the, the transit logs. gateway, have ex that feature has existed for a long time. So just knowing that it exists and which regions you're operating in, just a, a bit of additional information to kind of help you troubleshoot. Yeah, something else you can tap into and set up some monitoring for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that one just caught my eye, primarily because of uh, that particular Canadian announcement, but also just because I think this is, it's kind of one, it's, it's a, I think, a good example of a feature of a service that is really valuable, but super easy to overlook while you're yeah. setting stuff up, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. Like when we review accounts, how often do you find a VPC with flow logs enabled? Very rarely, actually, in my experience. Yeah, and usually it's because they had to troubleshoot something. That's the only reason they had to yeah. set it up, right? But you should have it just for, you know, uh, in case you want to monitor your traffic. Uh, yep. It's good yep. to have logs uh, yep. before and you need them, right? Yeah, collect those logs before you need them. And even here, right, it, it may, depending on your compliance requirements, may help you with your compliance, uh, meeting your compliance requirements. And definitely use it for security monitoring all the time, but uh, yeah. it's it's really important for troubleshooting. So an interesting feature that if you're, if you're building transit gateway networks or networks using transit gateways, something that you might want to look at. Yeah. And this one caught my eye as well. Hmm. A little too much zoomed in. So inspector, and I, you know what? I wanted to dig into this one a little more before we got uh, running today. And I just, hmm. I was saying to you earlier today, I don't know, January, I can't, number one, I can't believe that it's gone it's already. And yeah. uh, today I'm like, how is it Friday already? It's like I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm having like lost time moments this week. I'm like, no, can't be. So anyways, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look into this, but for those that don't know, Inspector is a service that helps you uh, run automated vulnerability assessments within your AWS account. It supports way more than EC2. You can see here, actually, they've got a list here, right? So you've got EC2, uh, ECR-based workloads, uh, All your containers. Lambda functions, yeah, con yeah containers. So it's a really Most compute solutions. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's again, it's one of those services that there's a cost to it. So obviously everything, you know, you got to make sure it fits in your budget. I yeah. I would say though like if you're building compute workloads, I don't know what you think, but this would be kind of one of those things that I think it would make a lot of sense to have turned on. Yeah, well, especially if you're running in in production and you have a publicly exposed application, you definitely want to have some kind of monitoring for, uh, you know, intrusion or vulnerabilities. And this is, it's a solid solution for that. Yeah. 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 And you know what it, 
this is, I guess, version two of the inspector. Inspector used to be, my mm. recollection is inspector used to be an agent-based solution. You had to go out and install those agents. Oh, right. And I, yep. as far as I know, and I don't know if you need an agent for this new feature, um, I would suspect you probably don't, but as far as I know now, it's yeah. completely agentless and it supports organizations. Yeah. So you can just turn it on for everything within your, your AWS organization. So enable it on all, all your member accounts. Yeah, that's handy. I'm kind yeah. of wondering if they must just be able to scan the machines uh, from like externally. Yeah, they must just yeah. have tooling to do that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure under the hood how it cool. works. I think, um, you know, I was I was thinking we're going to bring back the, uh, now that we're kind of off of the hiatus, next Tuesday we'll bring mm. back the, the Twitch streaming on Tuesday evenings. Maybe this is one of the things we could do. Set up uh, yeah. Inspector the first time and just check out this new feature. Just uh, interesting to see how it works. For sure. Perfect. So that's that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the Stack Overflow thing in a minute. Oh yeah. But here we go. Um, I, step functions. Okay. So let me say this first. Step functions is always something that I've been interested in. Mm -hmm. But outside of a few little projects that we've worked on we we use step functions in our on our own website and stuff like that i haven't actually seen at least in the work that we're doing any of our customers use step functions no no it's yeah it's what always catches my eye about this is is they continue to add more and more integration into other services including q now uh, i don't know what that integration oh, yeah. is but the thing that has always kind of been really interesting to me about this is when Step Functions first came out, it was just, it helped you kind of orchestrate your workflows, right? It gave you a nice yeah. GUI you could use. I think they called it, and they probably still do, Amazon State Language, which was just a JSON yeah. document, right? That helped you sort of build out your workflow. And then you could visualize that workflow. But you still just let's be honest, you still ended up invoking a whole bunch of Lambda functions, but now you had a way to kind of visualize all, how all those Lambda functions talk to each other. And there's obviously lots of logic there, right? Like branching and all that great stuff. But one of the things that's always really been interesting to me about step functions and, and what they're doing with this product is this, this integration. So what you can do now is avoid those kind of Lambda functions that act as glue so you're not invoking yeah. a Lambda function to put an item in a DynamoDB table in your in your step function. You just simply say, I want you to run for me a put item API call and you give it right. the structure and it makes the calls for you, assuming that you go, you've, you've given the step function the, the permissions to do that. Direct um, to the service, yeah. Yeah, so like to me, it almost seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. It's not a no code situation, but it's... No. Increasingly, I think about it as a low-code situation. Like, don't write the Lambda function. Just write the JSON document that maps the input to output that you're going to dump into your DynamoDB table. Pretty much, yeah. Right? It, so I'm not writing Python one, code anymore. I'm just writing a JSON doc. Yeah, and for the workflows that they see them demo it for, it's mostly for kind of specific chain workflows, like ordering something. Um for example, like the ordering a coffee, you'll place your order and then you'll say, uh, provide payment. And then if uh, there's capacity, they'll build it, et cetera. Or it'll go through the order chain. Um, 
that's mostly the use case I see it for, but I haven't seen it in any of our customers. Yeah. Yeah. Use it. I just, I'm always impressed by the step functions team and just how they, you, you can kind of, it's like, a, I call it a crystal ball gazing. Like you can kind of yeah. get their thought process by watching these announcements. And I would say ultimately the idea here is uh, to remove as much of that sort of, um, I don't want I don't want to use the term glue, but because that might confuse somebody, I'm thinking about AWS glue, but I'm not. Like I often think about glue uh, as lambda functions as the glue, right? It's the way that you yeah. kind of glue two things together. And really, what you're doing here with all of these direct service integrations with step functions is step functions and that direct integration is the glue. Avoid the lambda function altogether. And then plug in the yeah, plug in the services you need, like building blocks, right? Yeah. 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 This might be an, another good thing we could add to our Tuesday night series, right? Like build out yep. a simple workflow using step functions and as best we can avoid Lambda functions and just try to figure out the direct integration piece. Yeah, could it's not a bad need. idea. Just and, see if you can... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, see if you can simulate like a ordering a thing or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And what the heck can you do with Q? Like in your yeah. work, like this is the part that I, I really, I, I wish I could go back in time in an hour or two and, and get the time just to, to fill this blank in. But like, what, can yeah. you ask Q a question as part of your workflow? I don't know. Like, uh, I I'm wondering, know. like, can you tell it to, yeah, what service, write the thing to connect to the service kind of thing? Yeah. yeah I, don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to mess around with that a little bit and see, see how it works. It's worth so a stream. Yeah. yeah, it's worth a stream, right? So there's that one. And then finally, the uh, 2003, I forgot what year it was. Uh, <laughs> 2003, to see, I just went back in time. Uh, you are Everyone in time loop, yeah, yeah, I'm in the total <laughs> loss of time moments. 2023, there we go. Uh, developer survey from Stack Overflow, which is always interesting to see what people are thinking about. And you've oh, got yeah. here 90,000 developers responded mm -hmm. to the survey. There's lots of really in interesting information in here. So if we click through a few of these tabs, what you can do is just kind of scroll down and have a look at, you know, uh, most popular scripting languages, databases, cloud platforms. This one's interesting that uh, 47 per wow 49 if we round up instead of down 49 mm -hmm. percent of the respondents said that they are uh using the aws platform and then you've got uh azure and, and uh, google cloud there behind them uh, what's that yeah. uh somebody do the math about 49 percent between the two of them so that's uh kind of interesting yeah these are i think these are spread out like multiple people you can submit multiple answers too Oh so yeah, I'm sure there's uh yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a little tomfoolery happening in some of these things, yeah. right? Take everything with a, a bit of a grain of salt, but it's still a, a pretty interesting It's pretty yeah, it's pretty telling, right? Like AWS still has the biggest <clears throat> market share, which I yeah. mean makes sense they have the most service coverage, right? Um, yeah. What's what's in the professional developers yeah, tab? Yeah, so kind of I, I went to the professional developers tab and it's the number is higher all respondents yeah. versus professional developers. Now, do they tell us what a professional developer is? Or were you talking about this tab down mm. here? 
Uh, I think so. I don't have real time view of your. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, of course not. I'm like looking at my screen, going, "You can't see it." Um, let's go up to developer profile. Do they do they define for us what they consider to be a professional developer? I'm sure they do somewhere in here. They must, right? Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's probably just someone who says they have a job as a developer. Yeah, maybe. Right. The the one thing yeah. that I also thought was interesting in here, there's a learning to code. And, and I think you could take from that what you would, you know, just, I kind of think about it as just learning technology in general, right? Forget the code piece. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, what is it? 80% of all respondents said that they are learning how to code uh, mm -hmm. with other online resources, videos, blogs, and forums. Yeah. 80%. Yeah. I'd, it's I'd, mostly video and video now for the most part. Yeah, I didn't think that that number would be that high. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I, I kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I, for whatever reason in my in my brain, I thought uh, that school sort of like, you know, I don't want to call it professional instruction. That's not fair. But you know what I mean? Like like structured learning environments where you're right. sort of required to show up at a, to a class every day, I guess, if you think about it that way. Like uh, it's only 50%. A, yeah. It's only 50%. Yeah. Books I guess and physical just... media are better than school. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. But I mean, it's the kind of field that you can pick up a resource like that and yeah. apply it pretty yeah. much immediately, right? Yeah. So if you have the wherewithal, you can go and find whatever you want yeah. on yeah on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or on Learn blogs, everything right? you like, need to know from YouTube. There's a huge culture of developers writing blogs about their work. So yeah, yeah, that's and all. I I fall one two three four five. I fall on the fifth uh, part of this on the job training. Mm. Mm. Go figure this out. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you want me uh... to do what? Okay. So let's go. Uh, and I guess from on the job training, most times that leads to other online resources. It does redirect yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, it, well, yeah. so those, two are, speak, those yeah. two are probably tied quite uh, tightly together, right? Uh-oh, how so do I do fun. this? Google search. Yeah. Definitely compliment each other. Although yeah. we're going to talk about something in a minute that probably changes your Google mm. search. Um, yeah. Most popular technologies. Let's go into the, there's a whole section for AI. And I thought this was interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's see. AI tools and your development process. Uh, seven uh, about forty four percent said they're using tools in their development process right now. Yep. Um, the sentiment towards the tools, let's say twenty eight percent were favorable. Uh, forty nine percent were, or sorry, twenty eight percent were very favorable. It's a hard word to say. Yep. Excuse me, and, and forty nine percent were favorable. So that uh, I'm not going to try to do the math because I'm having some challenges in my brain today that's a lot of people right so a lot of people are are feeling pretty good about using tools in in their regular day-to-day -day job on the developer tool side uh, most people are saying the biggest benefit is productivity and speeding up learning yeah yeah I, yeah i believe it i mean that's one of the main benefits of these tools is you could go and ask a question and get a natural language answer that is it can be, it's usually pretty good, right? It's well, the way I think about it, yeah, it's kind of close. It'll get you like three quarters of the way there. 
and yeah. it's probably not exactly what you want. But then I think the real skill of this is, do they call it prompt in engineering? Is that the fancy term yeah. for this? Like, how do you frame your questions and your follow-up questions in the appropriate way to get the answer that you actually need? I think that that's probably right. going to be a pretty huge skill in the future. Yeah, how to refine your queries to get it to yeah. do what you need it to do. Yeah, yeah that's going to be yeah. key for this. How, how do you talk to the machine? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I bet you like a lot of the people who are saying that they're not trusting it are, are using the coding gen, the code generation part though. Yeah, that <laughs> actually is a, is, a, is a good segue because the next section that I was looking at here is accuracy of tools. So about yeah. 3% of the respondents say they highly trust it. Let's say yeah. Five, if we were going to round up, we we're going to say 6%, highly distrust. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably where you should, you should be landing either on highly distrust or somewhat distrust because yeah. uh, these things still, still hallucinate. They can't read your mind. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And plus, you know what? It's, it's no different than talking to another human. If you ask a shitty question, you're going to get a shitty answer. Right. So yeah. that goes back to that idea of, of, prompt engineering or you know how do you talk to the machine to get it to tell you what you're actually after right to your point it's not going to read yeah. your mind not yet what it's really good for like it really great at is generating talking specifically about tools like copilot and code whisper is uh generating boilerplate for projects yeah like setting up your your files in a way that is good enough to get you started and build out the actual logic that you want to implement. And it can be okay for the complex, more complex things, but you'll find you as you go through, there's some bugs in there. There's areas it makes mistakes, right? So Yeah, yeah. I would put myself in the somewhat trust. I can tell you that mm -hmm. I am using Code Whisperer and Q mm -hmm. every single day. When I'm in the I when okay. I'm in my IDE. I'm asking yeah. it questions. I'm asking Q questions. Code Whisperer is doing its best to try to read my mind. And, at, and in some cases, it's kind of scary um, <laughs> how it's like the thing that's really impressed me about this is how you, as you're typing, you're, you're, you're writing out something and it's trying to take from what you, it, it appears at least, right? That it's trying to take maybe variables that you're setting or parameters that you're passing in earlier in the script and pulling it into whatever you're writing further down. Uh, I, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you, it's been about two months since it's generally available and uh, for code whisper in ID and Amazon Q in ID, is it, uh, so I guess it is working out for you then. Like it's, I would say it's so worth using yeah, yeah i would say so you know what like i we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because we wanted to wrap up with q but we're kind of getting close to the end i know that when q was announced you know shit posting is the thing that gets you the most uh engagement <laughs> so there was lots of that happening yeah. i can tell you it's it's a part of my daily workflow here's here's the way i think about it okay so i'm in the ide right if we think about if we scroll back in the in the benefits of tools right this idea of increasing productivity, speeding up learning, better improving your efficiency, all those things. If I can stay in my IDE and I just have Q open on the right-hand side, right? And I can yeah. ask a question in there versus yep. having to open up a browser, go to my favorite uh, um, you know, search engine or whatever it is and ask the question there. For me, just being able to 
ask the, the specific question to Q right in the IDE, that's a huge benefit for me immediately. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm like, I'm not having to switch context. You know what I mean? I'm not having to jump between yeah. multiple things. I think that's huge right away. You and I've had some, that's some yeah. yeah, you and I've had some funny uh, exchanges of screenshots on, on some <laughs> of the stuff that we got back from Q. Yeah. So that goes yeah. to what we were talking about, the accuracy and trusting it, but it's only going to yeah. get better, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty neat. So, uh, here I'll put the stack overflow thing in, uh, in chat I'll go back mm -hmm. to the overview and we'll just, that way everybody can start from right there. I like, uh, Kevin's, Kevin's comment in chat, uh, explain all the AWS concepts. Now explain it to me like I'm five. Yep. Yeah. Prompt engineering <laughs> 101, right? It's just, yeah, just that easy. Yeah. <laughs> so that, um, that pretty much wraps up season two episode one season two yeah there we go we made it we were renewed for another season <laughs> that's right not yeah. canceled yeah not canceled it. not yet no no we'll see how far we make it in season two um let's let's before we wrap up uh let's spend just a few more minutes talking a little bit more about uh q and in code whisper were there were, were there anything okay. other thoughts that you had on it um mm. oh you know what actually before we do that there was a section, developer tools. Where was it? I won't be able to find it now that I want it. But like, where are they? Well, I'll let somebody else find it in the in the chat. The by by leaps and bounds, is it Copilot? Is kind of it's product. I would guess it's Copilot. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's like miles be, and miles ahead of everybody else as far as the tools that people are using for this um yeah i can't even remember i wish i could find it now i can't even remember if um code whisper was on the list professional developer tools accuracy oh, yeah i'm interested to it? see it i've noticed i definitely prefer using um Copilot to Whisper for code generation. Yeah. Uh, for Python, um, mm -hmm. if I need to do any, like for the suggestions, I think are better. For cloud formation, though, like you said, I think Code oh. Whisper is is better. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been I've been amazed multiple times using it, thinking to myself yeah. like, how the heck is it doing this? And like even to the point where, um, like it's pulling in. Uh, the way I like to set my tags up and stuff. Like I, mm, I generally, you yeah. and I, you know this, right? We generally use a, a common set of tags as a, a starting point for everything. And as I'm writing yeah. out these templates, it's just pulling in, hey, here, I know this is probably what you're going to want. And, and it's dumping those in as the tags. I, I, I think it's pretty amazing. The one thing that I would say about both Q and uh, Code Whisper that's really annoying is how often it logs you out. Yeah. Oh my God. The token doesn't, it lasts for like an hour. An hour, right? So I wonder if there's a way you can change that. Maybe there's a, there a setting right? somewhere, but uh, yeah. that seems annoying. But I guess if it's that's the, the, the biggest thing you could complain about, you're yeah, in pretty good shape. Do we know how, Kevin's asking, do we know how long queues in preview for? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I just got something, uh, another uh, friendly reminder from AWS today about queue preview. What the heck was it talking about? I think they were talking about the terms of service. They were changing mm. some of the language in it. And they were also, uh, the way I read it was they were also reaffirming sort of 
what happens to your your data is it used for training because there's code right. whisperer professional uh there's q and i guess there's going to be q business at some point when it comes out of preview yeah i don't know what the pricing model is for q and i i'm not quite sure how long q is going to be in preview mode oh kevin you did see the the pricing breakdown for q eh is that q or or um code whisperer that you saw we'll see if uh Kevin gives us a response. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they'll keep it in preview for uh, until they're ready to roll that out. And then... yeah, well, we pay for Code Whisperer Pro or whatever they call it. Uh, I signed up for that immediately. Um, I, I think it's I I really enjoy it. Now I don't have anything to compare it to because I haven't used. Is it called Copilot? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't used Copilot, so I, I don't really have a, a comparison between the two. But you're saying that you you prefer Copilot for code generation and stuff? Yeah, for now. I, the, the suggestions just, uh, I think they're better. But. They're better? Yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm letting Kevin type. He's madly searching for something for us. I, I know he's pulling up some info right now. So we'll give him a couple minutes here to, to finish his thought. While we're waiting, anything else um, on the sort of AI mm. end of things since we're talking about Q? Oh, sorry, can't send the link. I was talking about Q differences. Yeah, maybe mm. what we'll do is we'll pull that together and we'll make sure for the next uh, next stream we'll oh, uh, get that info. Yeah, business is like $20 per user per month. So it's exactly the same as Code Whisperer then. I think yeah. Code Whisperer was like 19 bucks or something. That seems to be the sweet spot for these services. They're all pricing at about the same. Yeah. No. So yeah, so that, that's not too bad. I think uh, for for us and what we do, when it comes out of preview, I will subscribe to it for the org and, and add us as users and just see, uh, you know, see what it what it does. You know, the mm. one thing, and maybe it's there, is yeah. is usage information. It would be really good oh, yeah. to be able to know how much is Code Whisperer, the pro level of Code Whisperer, how much are we mm. actually using it? Like, are they getting you know how many how many queries a, a day are we generating because if you're if you are paying 20 bucks per user per month you would Is want people to be engaged yeah. right and using it yeah yeah all right well uh that gets us to yeah about about 45 minutes not bad for for season two episode one uh we will be back next friday uh, where we, we wrap up the week again with some interesting announcements. And don't forget, Tuesday night, we'll be back uh, 7 p.m. on Twitch, uh, the, the, the regular uh, Curious Orbit Twitch channel. And I will pull something out of what we talked about today. And uh, we'll we'll write some code and flounder about and try to figure some stuff out. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Awesome. You never know. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye Thanks. for now.